0: This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, we're talking with Richard Jankowski, Information Security Officer at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York. Thanks for joining us today,
1: Richard. Thanks, Howard. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: First, tell us a little bit about your organization's size and scope.
1: Well, we were founded in 1884, and we're the world's oldest and largest private cancer center. We treat more than 20,000 patients a year, We've got over 10,000 employees, and from an IT perspective, we support over 2,000 servers and maintain over a petabyte of data.
0: Please describe your information security team. Uh, How big is your staff now? How much has it grown in recent years, and how have your priority projects evolved?
1: Well, I've been here for eight years, and I was the information security officer for the last two and a half years. So we grew fairly rapidly over the last two years from two employees to five. I have to say I'm really fortunate to have brilliant people working for me. My group is very strong technically. They understand the business and they're very well-rounded security professionals. So I think our responsibilities are typical for most security groups. We develop the security policies and standards. We conduct investigations such as incident response. We do a lot of security consulting and training. We also conduct risk assessments and are responsible for vulnerability management. In terms of evolution, I think our projects have evolved with technology. You know, for starters, collaborations with partners has changed. Research groups are always coming up with new ways to collaborate and share information. You know, years ago, collaboration was done with phone or email. Now researchers are using things such as Skype and social media to collaborate with other partners. Another hot area is cloud computing. It always seems like there's a vendor out there offering to do something cheaper than we can do it internally. So we really need to sit down and make sure that the risk doesn't outweigh the benefits when putting data into the cloud. Also, virtual servers are becoming much more common. And I think virtualization is great, don't get me wrong, but the risk of undocumented unpacked virtual machines with sensitive information is something you still have to consider. And so lastly, application security is always a concern. You know, web web systems and web applications are becoming much more common nowadays. Years ago, when I first came on board, we had one external website. Now we have dozens of external sites to protect. You know, these are sites with vendors and other relationships, so it's really gotten much more um, common, these web applications. It's definitely something you have to protect.
0: Many hospitals are adopting new security technologies to help prevent information breaches and avoid the tougher penalties for HIPAA security and privacy rule violations under the high-tech Act. I understand your organization has recently implemented data loss prevention software and another breach detection system. Tell us why you invested in both technologies and how they complement each other.
1: Well, we haven't really deployed our breach detection system yet, so I can't speak much of that technology in detail. But I think what makes them unique is these technologies apply to users who already have access to data. So if you think about years ago and what we focused on as a security organization and, you know, as the security industry in general, it was always around securing systems and networks against unauthorized access. So you know, we would deploy firewalls or access controls and our primary focus was just to keep the bad guys out. But it seems like the risks nowadays are authorized users who simply mishandle sensitive data. And if you look at the breach notification reports on the Internet, most of the breaches are stolen devices. And it really boils down to a simple mishandling of data by authorized users. So we always assume that users would protect the data, and that's really not often the case, unfortunately. So this is the risk we're hoping to address with this investment. What kinds of alerts does your data loss prevention system generate?
0: Who, who reviews the alerts, and how often do they review them? And what kind of action do you take as a result of the alerts?
1: Well, I'm happy to say that we're using DLP to aggressively block sensitive information from leaving our organization. And because of this, most of our alerts are informational. So we have a very close working relationship with the privacy office. So when users are blocked from DLP, they have to get permission to send data off-site. So privacy would ensure that the data is going to an authorized recipient, and my group would sit down and ensure that the procedures and transmissions meet the security standards. So we review DLP logs several times a day looking for anomalies. And going forward with um, the breach detection system, it's really going to be an ongoing collaborative effort between security and privacy.
0: Do you update your risk assessment annually, and does that help you to prioritize your security investments?
1: Absolutely. We've been performing internal risk assessments since 2002. We utilize various methodologies like NIST and FAIR. So what we do is we use a GRC product to conduct baselines against standard sets of controls. We do this on system and departmental level as well as for vendor assessments. So any high risk areas that we find are always investigated deeper. So what we might do is we might require additional security controls. We may utilize penetration testing. Sometimes we'll bring in consulting services for specialized assessments. So we do a lot of these assessments. We always have about a dozen or so assessments open at any one time. And so the value of risk assessments really that helps us to see the systemic issues that are facing the organization. For example, a decision to invest in DLP was based on a risk assessment. So it makes the case easier is the tougher penalties and more publicity around data breaches. You know, there's very hard evidence out there that shows that there are real penalties associated with taking risks. For example, the VA laptop, which was twenty six and a half million records that was lost with that laptop, I think that was a real eye opener for many healthcare organizations. And it showed that these incidents can happen to anyone. So I think the key with risk assessments is being able to take the exposures you have and demonstrate the harm that could result if not addressed.
0: What other security technologies will your organization roll out in the next year or two and How is your use of encryption involving?
1: Well, I think we're focusing a lot on identity management lately. I mean, it's always been a risk of having um, users not be properly terminated from systems. And so what identity management does, it gives us the ability to authorize and terminate users across systems from one central console. We're also looking at event correlation through a SIM product. In terms of encryption, I think we're fairly advanced in our use of encryption. We've been using encryption for several years now. For example, all of our laptops and mobile devices are encrypted. All of our backup tapes are encrypted, and we also have a secure mail system that offers encrypted mail. Future Directions is definitely going to be on the application level. We've been asking a lot of our clinical providers to offer encryption both on a network and storage level for their applications. We're also looking at solutions to allow users to encrypt files while stored on shared drives. So there's a lot of solutions out there, and none of them are seamless to the users across all platforms.
0: Thanks, Richard. We've been talking today with Richard Jankowski of Memorial Sloan Kettering. This is Howard Anderson of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.